All right, and hello, everybody. Welcome to Way of the Truth Warrior. My name is David Whitehead. Very, very happy to be here today. We got Sean Stone in the house. Uh, he really doesn't need much of an introduction on this platform. Many of you out there already are familiar with his work, but for those of you who don't know about him, you can go check out his website, seanstone.info. And a uh, very quick background, Sean, he's a filmmaker, a media host, an author, an actor, poet, speaker, and above all, a truth seeker and spiritual activist. He ran uh, a very popular show called Buzzsaw back in the day, did some really, really remarkable interviews. And uh, he's making some really, really cutting edge documentaries, especially the one we're going to be focusing on here today, talking about a subject that we've been covering here on this show uh, that's been near and dear to my heart for many years and that we really do need to discuss in light of all the things that are happening in the world. His documentary is called Best Kept Secret, a little background, human trafficking, pedophilia, satanic politics, the Jeffrey Epstein scandal was the tip of the iceberg as Sean Stone, the former host of Buzzsaw, lays out the hidden agenda of the dark elite in this six-part documentary series, Best Kept Secret. In this red pill journey, Sean explores famous cases like the Franklin scandal, MK Ultra, and Monarch programming, the John Benet Ramsey murder, and even the Son of Sam case, to connect the dots on a dangerous ideology now driving the philosophy of a transhumanist idea to control the human being. As more and more people awaken to these hidden truths, the more rapidly we can rise and take our power back. So let's take a quick look at the film. We got the trailer here, and then I'll bring Sean in. So stay tuned. You have all the money in the world you need. You have all the power you need. What's the point? You know, what's the end goal? They said the end goal is to control the world. These people out here who believe in this worldwide sat Satanist conspiracy, okay? These fools and priests, I spit upon your fire. I became a pawn in the government scheme. His ultimate goal was mind control and to create the perfect spy. Oh, you're talking about erasing people's memories. The parents believe the boy is alive and has Just been kidnapped. Just six years old when she died. Well, people come from all over the country tell me about so the ceremony. all of a sudden it becomes a satanic panic. Breaking news. Governments are corrupt. They lie to their people, steal from their people, and occasionally kill them. A new world order for ourselves and for future generations. The Oliver Stone, George Bush connection. Oliver Stone. Oh, yeah, man. He's their spokesman. While I doubt my father worked for the CIA, as a Vietnam veteran, my father saw a deeper state behind the scenes. And that's where I want to go. A politician has to be very concerned with where their donations are coming Spreads from. Spreads out like a spider web to Washington, D.C. Involves some of the most respected and powerful and richest businessmen in this United States of America. It was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. What we had was unreal. Procuring young girls for sex trafficking. There was no indication to me. It's over a $34 billion industry worldwide. I was sold into a murderous pedophile network right around my sixth birthday. There were a number of aristocrats that were part of this club. There are 200,000 children that end up in the sex trade every year. So it's the fastest growing criminal industry in the world. 
kinderen. A lot of things that I witnessed, secrets that you wish you didn't have to hold on to. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! If you don't get this right now, I swear to Lucifer. Man, these cats speak with forked tongue. Then you can see the lie written all over it. And this, this is, is extremely, extremely dangerous, dangerous to our democracy. It is not crazy to assess news events to see if they're real or not real. And in fact, it's kind of crazy not to. So what we see around us is actually an illusion. We're only looking at the tiniest sliver of what actually exists. We've been hoodwinked. The greatest forms of human control is the suppression of the sense of the possible. As Americans, we tend to believe this about other governments, but rarely, if ever, our own. But you were staying at the house of yes. a convicted sex offender. It was a convenient place to stay. We've allowed this to happen because we didn't know that there was another reality we could experience. Wow, incredible. Let's go ahead and bring the man in. Sean, welcome to Truth Warrior, man. I'm so glad we finally hooked this up. That was an epic trailer. I've, I can't wait to watch it myself. Um, subjects that uh, I'm personally been researching and covering for a long time also. And so I'm honored to have you here, man. Thanks for joining me. Sure thing. Yeah, you got it. Well, let's get into a little bit about how this film came to be. I mean, you started off doing a lot of these interviews and been researching this for quite some time. And then we had all this stuff breaking in the news, you know, the Epstein scandal. We got the Maxwell trial that's happening, although it's somewhat out of the public eye. Um, and then, you know, you obviously are pointing to the fact that this is nothing new. This didn't just start happening in the recent years. This goes way back and may even way, way back. Um, but it seems to be the first time in our history where the general public is starting to get access to this information and your film is a big part of that. So what was it that woke you up to this and inspired you to make this film? It's a dark film, I'm sure, dark subject matter, but uh, share, share a little bit about your journey. Well, those different uh, sort of threads. I mean, my journey is complicated. Um, you mentioned the interviews I've done over the years with Buzzsaw, um, certainly you know, having started back in 2014 time period, 20, uh, yeah, right after the conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura TV show, um, which was a great, you know, it was a lot of fun doing the third season. We interviewed people on, you know, on the agenda of like, you know, aliens, reptilians, uh, time travel, you know, all these, these really interesting topics. Um, the idea about merging humans with animals mammalians like this kind of genetic research that was going on i think was one of the episodes so um again really pushing the envelope at that time that led me to do buzzsaw where i really wanted to continue on with those conversations um interviewing people i mean obviously there's other programs out there you know the uh the carrie cassidy type of uh, project camelot you know that, that does similar work so for me it was just it was a it was an educational process it was also an opportunity to talk to people Whose you know whose work I may have read or admired, and um, you know make it available. So Buzzsaw went went for what five years roughly, uh, ended up on Gaia in the fat in the final seasons of it, and when Buzzsaw ended, we had all of these great interviews, and I kind of thought about you know what is the 
you know, if I was going to do like a documentary in these times, especially in 2020 with the lockdowns and everything that was going on, um, you know, making it difficult to sort of put anything together in person, I was like, well, what's a good way to do something um, using material we already have? So the buzzsaw interviews were the basis for it, but we also had new interviews, um, as you'll see in the documentary with people like Kathy O'Brien and others. Um, but the point is that the, the idea was always to take what we had with Buzzsaw and the, the ultimate theme that I want to focus on for this documentary is control. What is the, what is the multidimensional nature of, of control if, as how I see the dark elite, you know, the cabal, you know, manipulating the human being. And it, you know, it's everything. That's why the series is in six parts. It's designed as a, a red pill experience, you know, and everything from, uh, you know, pedophilia and compromising politicians or businessmen using, um, you know, sort of these weird sexual, you know, inclinations or proclivities, everything from, from pedophilia to, you know, again, the, the criminal side of trafficking, drug trafficking, human trafficking, mind control, um, transhumanism is where things are moving in the more, you know, the technocratic side of actually, you know, merging humans with machines to make them more programmable and malleable. So again, we just, we go through the different iterations of how the human is controlled and ultimately moving towards the uh, metaphysical agenda, the why, you know, that we try to resolve within this series, you know, to give people a, you know, an understanding of trying to make sense of such dark, such a dark agenda, right? If you really look at it. Yeah, well summarized. And, and this question, this is the question I was going to ask you is the hardest problem I have, and I'm sure many people out there sharing this information have talking to their friends who are still very much absorbed in the mainstream. They're kind of like the normie life, you know, uh, they don't really want to hear about this kind of stuff. What's the in? Because we need people to be aware of what's really been going on in order for us to be able to stop it. You know, this is what I see. And so the big hookup I find with people is the motive. They, they, they don't like looking at these, what they call conspiracy subjects. Uh, they don't like looking at these subjects because of how uncomfortable I'm sure it makes everybody feel, you know, to know that there's this level of evil in the world. It's really hard. And I think what happens is good people, average people, we project our virtue onto everybody that we see. And we sort of assume that everybody out there, all the politicians, the celebrities, yeah, there's probably some corruption. Yeah, they're probably doing stuff for some money but they can't imagine the nature and presence of evil. Even that word, I mean, through all the religious dogma and all the stuff we've heard about it, it's sort of pushed to the side as an old artifact. We don't use that word anymore, you know, mm. in, in this modern culture. So how do you break down the motive behind this very, very dark industry worldwide of trafficking and torturing and all this horrible stuff that happens specifically to children? I mean, that is a really hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. And I think that they're, they're thinking, well, I could never see myself doing that. So therefore, all those other people, there's no way it's really happening. It's just a theory, right? But there is something happening, isn't there? There's always been. I mean, I guess for me, I've never had that problem of, of as you say, the question of, you know, evil. Um, because, well, there's multiple reasons. One you know, I guess when I was, you know, I was young, I, I, you know, it's like you're a kid and you're basically your parents, you know, even warn you, right. As a kid, like, you know, be careful, you know, of kidnappers, um, you're, you're, you know, you're small in the world and you're in many ways, physically powerless. And so you realize that there's danger in the world. You realize that there are, 
you know, people that have psychological inclinations. I mean, I saw it, you know, just traveling the world as a kid, you know, I saw grown men that were, you know, 14 year old girls in Cambodia and places like this, you know, it's just, it's like, I don't know, I guess because I saw it as a, as a, at a young age, it didn't shock me. And in a way, like, to me, the naivete that people have is always what shocks me is that, yeah. you know, in America, you know, like you just, again, like you, if, if you're, if you're not, if you're not listening to a Fox or CNN version of reality, not to say that there aren't like good reports or good reporters, but like their versions of reality are so ridiculous, you know, having grown up to, 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 to understand, you know, what, what does power actually look like? Right. So you take, right. like I said, you study history and it's, it's a series of empires. Uh, people are literally serfs at best. They're slaves at, you know, at worst, uh, concubines, all these things, you know, for the female being the females who, you know, are concubines or, you know, part of harems, you know, in the, in the East, but in, you know, in the Western world, it could be, you know, you can end up like Anne Boleyn, you know, you get your head cut off of them. I mean, the point is that disempowered females is part of the narrative. And, um, you know, certainly children are just fodder for wars. I mean, this is what's been going on for, for centuries, right? We've sent kids off 15, 16. Now it's still children's child soldiers is all over, you know, all over the you know, Africa and places like this, even younger sometimes. Right. So it's like this whole protection, this whole notion of protecting kids is actually really like a pretty modern concept. So, you know, this isn't, so you have to really understand like the lineage of these things, these power structures, these systems, I always emphasize people, the, the systems of power, the empires that have been in existence for centuries, people think they think just one day, like the, 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 the rulers just woke up and said, now we're going to give humans freedom. Don't, you know, people are really naive if they believe that yeah. and they don't understand that they, that they've been continuously manipulated, whether it be through media, which is itself a mouthpiece and an organ of the moneyed class, you know, whether it's, at one point, you know, the JP Morgan, you know, and, and, and Rockefeller, you know, people like Morgan, who's coming from the banking side of things, Rockefeller, who goes into the banking side of things from uh, from industry, right, from being an industrialist, he understands what, you know, where the power is, he creates the uh, Citibank, essentially, that's, you know, it's Rockefeller Bank, they understand, you know, you got to have finance, if you want to actually have real influence and power in the world, and then you create foundations, these taxes have foundations that then uh, perpetuate ideologies be it through, you know, financing universities or, you know, you name it, programs at universities, um, endowments, you know, for for certain, you name it, arts, uh, act activities, industries. I mean, there's technologies. I mean, there's so many things that are at work here, right? So, you know, you get a system of power and control that's in existence. And, you know, for me, like as a kid seeing, you know, JFK, which my dad made us, you know, when I was, I was young, I, I played in the film as well. And I'm watching this film about, Kennedy's assassination, and all these people are thinking, oh, the president's United, the president of the United States is the most powerful man in the world. And I'm like, okay, so this guy is so powerful, he got his head blown off in broad daylight. It doesn't sound very powerful to me. Right. So yeah. what's where's the real power in the world? And that's been, I think, an interesting like quest for me. It's just trying to understand, you know, the nature of humanity between the psychological domain, the physical implications of power, military expressions of power, you know, economy, things like this. It just who creates money? I mean, these are all questions that people have to, you know, most people don't want to ask themselves, I guess. I think a lot of people do in ways and do know more and intuitively know more. But as you said, the problem becomes running into that question of what can I do about it? How, you know, you can feel so disempowered by the fact that 
even when you have conspiracies that are in broad daylight, even when you have things that are corrupt right in front of your eyes, you know, you name it, like even just, uh, the, you know, the Hillary Clinton State Department, <laughs> the fact that there was like, you know, the Anthony Weiner scandal, you know, the laptop that, you know, right, that, yeah. that laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop, all these things are like, well, you know, what the, the FBI it's obviously the DOJ are obviously corrupted, you know, they're all shrugging or, you know, pe people feel this, of course they feel disempowered. Of course they feel like, what's the point? You know, yeah, I, I don't think people are as, I think people have, how do you say, we've gone past that phase of naivete. I think there was a naivete in American consciousness because of that spirit that we were the country that was not beholden to the empires of the old world. We had sort of, you know, shrugged our, shrugged them off and stepped into our individuality and committed our own, you know, crimes in the process, right, of expansion, be it, you know, be it dealing with the natives or, or slavery or things like this, and or, you know, even just, you name it, how women were treated, all these things that we had inherited from the past, we did carry on in our own ways. But America was always considered the naive country, right? This is sort of the, uh, the argument that, you know, the American uh, idealism is sort of like the, you know, the fool that doesn't quite understand how real politics and real power works because you know we've had this this dream of the self-made man the, the the puritan you know spirit and ethics um these kind of things that are there but i think as we've grown now we're starting to realize more and more how corrupt and even corrupted this country is yeah that's well said and i mean i look at this even in just the wider western concept the western mind in general because i live in canada and i speak to people in europe and australia and of course we're all facing uh global tyranny together right now. It's like, we're all in this together. Yep, we are. We're all in this boat together. Um, and somebody's orchestrating something and everybody's got their idea of what it is and where it is. But to me, what you're getting into here is the, the real tip top uh, of where this goes. Because even when you're looking in context of this pandemic, a lot of people maybe just look at it as, oh, this is just a power grab. It's a financial thing. They're just trying to dominate the markets and kill all the middle class, which of course they are. But this goes well beyond that. And it definitely is not something that just happened when Klaus Schwab came out and announced the Great Reset. This has been in the works for, I would say, at least 200 years or more. And you could go even further back with these ideas. Um, but I guess it's the cult level of this. The real, Almost like, because you can, you can justify evil from the perspective of, okay, well, they're just psychopaths. You know, if you talk to that materialist-minded uh, person who just sees things as it's, there are people who are just crazy humans, right? Who seek power and they don't have any empathy. And that's just, they're the apex predators and it's just part of nature. Mm -hmm. And then you have the people that say, well, no, this is coming from some kind of extraterrestrial influence, be it physical, extraterrestrial or dimensional, spiritual, however people mm -hmm. want to see it. Basically, there's the idea of the other, the, the influence of the other. Um, and you've covered all of those angles, I'm sure. But for me, a basic way of explaining it to people that might not be ready to go out of the planet for a minute and think about this rationally, you might say, well, these people that are involved in these types of practices, because if you have these elites that are doing this trafficking, pedophilia, all this stuff, and they're also in positions of power and influence, um, wh what's holding that together? Well, it's ideology on one level. It's sort of like they're part of a religion. They have a religious-like belief in what they're doing in the same way that people of any religion even the religion of scientism, uh, they have the solid belief in what they're doing and that influences their behavior and their actions and their entire worldview. And if you couple that kind of a worldview that they have with all the power and money and influence you can imagine, 
yeah, we, it, it's easy to understand how we got into the situation. But Sean, what do you think? Do you think this is, we're just dealing with a couple corrupt bankers and psychopaths? Or um, I'm sure you're going to say, yeah, no, there's something much bigger that is behind all of that. We're really only seeing the surface level, right? Yeah, I've always wondered, you know, do people who are possessed know that they're possessed? And it's it's just like, it's one of those things where when you start to venture into the spiritual world and and become more adept with it, more aware of the energies involved, um, you really wonder, like, do people understand, the, you know, that they are vehicles for things that uh, are unseen? And, you know, are they intentionally doing this? Is it a practice or is it just they've, they've been co-opted? I tend to think there's a, some level of intentionality, some level of, of craft, you know, like how do you say, whether it's witchcraft or cults, you know, covens, things like that. There's some level of, of that, especially at the higher, I'd say the higher echelons. Um, but it's an interesting thing because you are dealing with something so pervasive and malevolent that it does go, you know, socio, even sociopathology, like where does that come from? It's kind of as mysterious as the RH, it's like a, it's like a perfect, you know, perfect hunter, hunter killer type, right? But it's almost like the RH negative blood, like where does that come from? You know, the RH uh, negative, no rhesus um, blood and, you know, in the RH negative type, it's like, where does this come from? Is this an alien thing? Is this something, you know, that was seated here? Um, is this part of what's, you know, what's called the devil's work? I mean, all the religions talk about a devil in some form. So just because all of a sudden people decided that they are rational and skeptical of the devil doesn't mean this, it, it doesn't exist, you know, and that's, again, it doesn't necessarily exist the way people think it does, but there's an evil in this world. And you have, it's not far-fetched to imagine that the, uh, that the evil works through groups of people potentially through bloodlines generationally uh, because of contracts, things that are talked about like contracts and debts, you know, blood debts or things that are owed, right? In a sense, you want worldly power, but you have to sacrifice a child or the firstborn, right? In the old, in the old, uh, you know, yeah, I say, what was that? The old, one of the old mythologies, right? Um, so there's, there, there are all of these factors that you have to kind of consider when you're looking at this situation and going, how can people just be so outright committed to something that is this nefarious and evil? Right. And explicitly so, explicitly. Like, they just, you know, they just show it in your face. And it's like everything from the frequency of it to, you know, the nature of it. It's just like, how did this take over our world? Because there are more, there are more good people than not on this planet. And I think most people have some sense of, you know, justice and morality, I would say most, you know, most kids have a natural inclination towards that, right? Like this is fair, you know, that kind of, there's something in, in humans that, that recognizes that. So to have most people being generally speaking decent and hopefully having some common sense to have a society and a culture that's so, that's controlled by such psychopathic beings as John Lennon said, you know, we're, we're ruled by psychopaths. It's like, that's it. 
is it really enough to just say, well, because they they were, how do you say, the psychopaths are essentially more the alpha, like you said, the alpha, you know, types that have, they, they went there when no one else would, you know, they screwed the other guy before he, they got screwed. No, I think it's more, it's got to be, if there's something deeper, that something deeper there that you have to uh, at least allow into a supposition, into a hypothesis. Oh, I agree, man. I, I've been banging my head against the wall for years thinking about this. I mean, I started doing this about 18 years ago, um, very similar as yourself, interviewing people, talking to people, reading books, just trying to absorb as much information as I could. I had my own fair share of experience. Um, you know, I spent some time, I spent about five, six years working in Hollywood, uh, not on a big level, but just with History Channel, doing some documentary stuff. And, you know, met some great people, fantastic people, but, you know, also noticed that there is, there is something else going on there. And then you hear the stories and then I've interviewed people from there. And then we've seen what's going on now with all these scandals coming out. We've heard the rumors for many, many years. I, I think what is really happening is we're just getting our toe in the door as to what might be really happening here. But you bring up a good point, like the idea that we're just dealing with a bunch of psychopathic, megalomaniacal people. Um, can only go so far because you also look at the coordination and the the syncretization of it in a way where look at, look at, I like the pandemic is a great example because the way this all rolled out was remarkably synchronized um, where all of a sudden all the governments of the world decided to completely go against the old view of science when it came to virology and how to contain viruses and how to deal with it, it just all went out the window all at once. Mm -hmm. And you could say, well, they were afraid uh, they were looking at wrong information and people. And then other, the other argument people give me, Sean is, well, governments are just incompetent. They're all a bunch of idiots. They don't know what they're doing. And I go, well, even that, that argument can only get you so far also, because let me yeah. say this, they're competent at one thing. And that is taking your freedom and taking mm -hmm. your wealth and, taking your property and keeping you under control. So they're just not competent in what we assume they're there for. Their, their allegiances lie elsewhere, right? We know that they're bought. I mean, we, it's clear that as far as the, the money is concerned. I mean, look, even if you're not talking about campaign finance, which is a major thing in America, I don't know about you know, Canada or other countries as far as you know, how much influence you can actually buy in government. Uh, but as far as the central bank loaning the money to the government, that's, you know, that's, that tells you so much. This private yeah, he bank who makes the gold loans, makes the rules, <laughs> right? I mean, the central bank literally loans the money. I mean, if they stop loaning the money to, to any country tomorrow, what happens to that country? Now, what happened to a lot of these third world countries where literally you had people from the IMF or others, just like John Perkins talked about, you know, with his confessions of an economic hitman. It was like, they would threaten countries, you know, you have to follow our measures, you have to follow our lockdown rules, you have to follow our, you know, our, our, our guidelines, if you want to, you know, you have to comply with us if you want to, um, you know, get your next loan, right, or we'll bribe you, whatnot. It's like so a mafia. it's only a mafia. And that's why you only saw a handful of countries go against this, this regime. I mean, you know, Trump, to a certain extent, went against it. That's why he was ousted in 2020. The Tanzanian president, who was the one calling out the PCR tests, is faulty, right? As so showing that uh, fruit and goats all tested positive for COVID. Yeah, he got taken out. Um, the uh, 
in the Eastern Bloc, I don't know if they could take them out as easily. I heard, though, Belarusia didn't follow any of the rules. Like, it's one of the only countries. Well, as Ukraine is, of course, Ukraine's following all the, the you can't, you can't uh, administer ivermectin in Ukraine, right? Because they're all dependent on U.S. money. But Belarusia, which is not waiting for U.S. money and rejected the IMF offers, um, has been treating patients and, you know, using different techniques, never locked down, never forced the vaccine mandates. So, you know, that's why they're, their president is called, you know, whatever, the dictator or whatever, because he's going against the protocol of this, you know, Western scientific, scientific establishment. And by the way, scientism, if you really understand it, we are talking about how um, in the spiritual sense, you would contract with demons or spirits, you know, for, for power, but the power is the material realm. So a true Satanist is a materialist. And that's right. what people don't really get. Like there are those, like there, there are, yeah, I mean, you can practice and work with, with spiritual forces or not, but if you worship and only believe in the material realm, that's what Satanism is in its true essence, because it doesn't connect to the source and the spirit from which everything in the material realm exists. It doesn't honor that. Right. It believes everything is just random mutation. I mean, once any scientist tells you that, you know, that our bodies are, are evolved from random mutations and this and that, you know, they're a Satanist. Cause it's, it's part of the ideology. I agree with you. I, I've spoken to people that came from those types of churches and things like that. And they'll tell you this. Um, and so if you're, if they're coming from this materialist view, the other thing is that serves the public well. So I always look at it like these guys, they might wear the robes of the Pope or some Imam or some rabbi or some Buddhist monk, or, you know, uh, you look at the medics, you know, they're the doctors, they're the experts, they're the ones that are going to bring us this trance. They'll wear the, the colors of the religions and the ideals that the public is familiar with, but behind the door, they're shaking hands with people from across the camp. They're, they have their own beliefs, so they might sell materialism to the masses via the scientific and media establishments, but behind the door, they're laughing. They're like, this is great for them, right? Uh, but then, yeah, they, they do have that belief that there is no consciousness. That's not a factor. Or if there is, it's something that must be controlled. I mean, you read the statements of people like Dr. Jose Delgado, and you go back to these guys where they're talking about humans don't have a right to their own will. They must be controlled. We're literally trying to find a way to put brain implants in you people. Like this is the mm -hmm. kind of quotes these guys were saying back in the sixties, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so there, there's been a move to dehumanize the human. And, I'll, and, and to get our consent, I wondered if you could talk about this because I've heard an interview where you just nailed it, where you were talking about this idea of they, there is a karmic law that they do believe in, these, these elites, these dark satanic elites. They have to elicit or solicit our participation. They can't just full out do stuff. They need us to go along for the ride. And I saw this when I was doing my research on various cults. Because, you know, everybody covers cults from the angle of, oh, Jim Jones, he was just a psychotic maniac or Walter Applewhite or Robert DeGrimston or any of these people, Charles Manson. It, they focus on them as the leader. And I'm like, yeah, but those guys would be out of business if they didn't have any followers, you know, pining over them and cheering for them. You know, Mao Zedong and Adolf Hitler and Stalin, they wouldn't have risen to what they yeah, were if they didn't have a bunch of raving fans. You know what I mean? Through, we're living through the biggest, you know, demonstration of cult behavior I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, this is this is literally like this. You know, you understand how Nazism exists when you look around it, and you see, look at Twitters, and you know, people, you know, oh my God, you know, 
get vaccinated, get vaccinated, double vaccinated, can't come in without a vaccination, double vax and a PCR. I mean, it's like, I can't wait till you die of COVID. Like that's what they're actually saying. It's amazing. Absolutely. You don't get vaccinated. You're going to end up on a ventilator. I mean, brainwashing is real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's a certain process that they play, but what's fascinating to me because I didn't really pay attention to it. Like, I guess what's interesting to me is that people actually watch the narrative, right? So when you're like, if you're in the real world, right? I mean, you can literally go all over the place in this planet and just not even engage with people playing the game, right? I mean, we're in Florida now and it's like, Florida's been open for the most part. Oh, good, you know, no one wears, you know, it's like no one wears masks here. No one that, you know, it depends on obviously like there's a few places that like force the employees to do so. Actually, they mean force. Actually, I was just there through the night. No, it's, they chose. They cho- they, there were certain employees that wore it, others that didn't. So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's just like an optional thing, right? Or, you know, it's what it should be. It's like it's your choice, personal, personal choice issue. Um, but, you know, you'll go to L.A. and people are like totally into it. And it's just like it, it's it's, rec- you know, it's like they're watching the media, they're like, you know, they're playing into it, like, you know, they're following the, the leader. And you're just like, what is this psychology that people get into that they just, they want to fit in? That's really what it's, to me, yeah, it's what it's always been about. It's like, you don't want to be the one that, that rocks the boat and challenges things and the outsider. Oh, it's so dangerous to have an idea, even though privately, they might tell you what they really think, but they're just so scared of, of being seen as different. And Do you that's think that's part of cultural conditioning and maybe even the education system a bit with the way that, and the media, I mean, there's many things that plug into producing that. They, there's a basic instinct, I think, that we have as a remnant from the past where, and it's a human thing. We want to be with other humans. We're, we're tribal by nature, right? We seek protection in the herd. It kind of comes from instinctual things, you know, most people anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always those lone wolves kind of people, but the vast majority of people will be absorbed into the herd mentality because they feel safe with the herd. That's, I think, what it is, right? That's why in America, the founding fathers were like, hey, you can't have freedom and security at the same time. You'll lose both if you give up freedom. That's what they're saying. You'll get, if you give up freedom for security, and in this case, it's the illusion of security. It's not even security. If you give it up, you won't have either. So it's better to have freedom and then recognize you're on a world and there's risk and one day you're going to die. It's better to live free than to not live at all trying to be secure, right? Well, this is one of the most interesting points. I mean, this goes back to our, our question about materiality and true spiritual beings and the quest for spirituality uh, can never fit in or conform to the herd. This is what, you know, this is what the Christ teachings are all about. It's, it's essentially, it's like you have to activate who you are. You have to connect to who you are as a soul and to stand into your, into your power as a, as, a, as a chosen of God, let's say. You know? Can you actually, can you answer the call, first of right. all? The call is the spirit. It's your spirit calling to you, right, from beyond the physical domain. And so what's, what's interesting is religions oftentimes are the hijacking of the spiritual teachings of, right. the, you know, of the original texts and the leaders and those who actually have the visions and say, follow me, you know, as opposed in, in the religion comes along and says, no, 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 he didn't mean follow him. He meant worship him. You see, and that's how they play the game. Right. So then they, they turn the, the leader, the one that was there to basically say, 
you know, do as, do as I did, follow me, become more, you know, become more uh, spiritually attuned, become, you know, become, uh, full, stand into become your, hero. Yeah. yeah, stand into your own embodiment, right? Your spiritual attunement, your body, your embodiment of, you know, of, of divinity, right? Stand more into that power. And the religion comes along and, and basically turns it into a cult and says, oh, yes, worship that being. Don't be like him. Listen to us, you know. I am yeah, the we're the standards. We're you. the vicars of Christ. I'm the standard. Worship exactly. us. Give us your taxes. Yeah. Yeah. And so they played that game, and then religion came to its. It's not dead, but obviously people are questioning it more. I mean, even Catholics say that you know the Pope is corrupt, or he's you know he's they're involved in pedophilia and all this stuff. Like even Catholics will admit like it's corrupt, right? So like okay, religion doesn't have the power that it maybe used to. Spirituality has a power, and that's is why. It's so interesting to see those that are spiritual, you know, and tend to be more in the faith-based community. It's true. Like people with, with faith are, are standing stronger than those who bought into the new religion, which is scientism. And it's just, it's truly a religion. It's like, this is yeah. the dogma and Fauci is our Pope. And whatever he says, we shall, you know, we shall obey. And it's WHO like, is the new Vatican, you know? Hey, by true. the way, about the Vatican and all that, where do you peg the the Vatican, the three city states, you know, the Jesuit kind of thing? Where do you peg them in the in the power pyramid of all this stuff? The Jesuits? Yeah, like the Jesuits, the Vatican, you know, I've had my sort of eyes on that for a long time. Um, sure. And, you know, where do you look at them in the hierarchy of things? I don't really look at it as a hierarchy. Um, I look at it just as well. Where you know what's what's playing out. So the Jesuit influence certainly when it comes to you know people like Fauci, who's Jesuit trained. Um, oftentimes you have to look at people within governments, right, as far as their training goes. But the the Jesuit thing, what I was told about the Jesuits is that they're trained to basically. There's a lot of and there's you know there's there's plenty of good Jesuits as well, but they're in many ways that they're trained to sort of argue anything to its logical conclusion. It doesn't matter if it's based on a false premise or a false conclusion. They're just trained so well in logic. And so oftentimes they're really good at lying or deceiving. Um, I think of the I think of the Vatican component as a mixture of things, spiritual power, economic power, certainly. I mean, you're talking about a lot of money, right, that the Vatican has. Um, and certain, I mean, this is where it gets into the legal questions because Underlying, underpinning this whole empire, and we're talking empires now, like there's the Holy Roman Empire, or the, you know, essentially the Vatican, and there's all these different laws that were put into place, into place, you know, that were that are were done over centuries, and it, there's all these, you know, people to this day say, well, you know, essentially, um, the Vatican still has a lot of influence because of those old legal structures. That were put into place centuries ago. The same as you know, people talk about like maritime law, for example, like how we're operating on maritime law, which is essentially we are drowned people. We don't know. We are not. So it's because the Pope is the ruler, as you said, the vicar of Christ, or he's like the ruler of Earth until Christ returns. There are claims that like essentially the Rome that Rome still rules certain lands and certain peoples, and we are essentially drowned. You know, lost souls. You know, that's what the whole thing about like saving souls and whatnot is actually it's more legal term terminology than not. Can you actually stand into your sovereignty, into your into your freedom? Um, or are you essentially beholden to the powers that control us? And a lot of that, by the way, now has passed Rome. I don't know how much the you know, Vatican Rome still has hold, but I know that a lot of it was moved to Britain, to the British Empire. The Bar Association, for example, is out of Britain. 
the, the you know, as you know, the Commonwealth countries are still under British authority. I live so, in one of them. <laughs> right, right. So something happened between maybe around the time of Henry VIII that essentially, like, when they created the Church of England, there was some they brokered some kind of New Deal between you know the Church in England and you know the Archbishop of Canterbury and all that, like you know the actual like being like a little brother of uh, the Catholic Church, right, Vatican. And some people even to this day will argue that the whole reason that we've been in war with Russia for so long, going back to obviously to the British vying with Russia all through the 19th century, has a lot more to do with the spiritual war between the East Roman Church, right, which was um, at one time it was all under Vatican rule, and ultimately East Roman Church splintered. There's a whole reason about, you know, worshiping of like the Trinity of, you know, what does the Trinity mean? And just all this inter spiritual interpretation. So essentially the East Roman church um, splintered and now is centered around Russia, right? It's called East Orthodox or, or Greek, you know, Greek Orthodox is sort of a, a part of that, right? The Orthodox church. So a lot of people would argue that this spiritual war against Russia that is ongoing actually has more to do with the Vatican trying to basically get the east orthodox church back under its control oh and it's just a, yeah it's like intrigue on intrigue when you get into the history of that kind of conspiracy stuff like going into religion it's unbelievable um we could spend a lot of time on that but sean i really wanted to dive a little bit more into this film and maybe you could talk about the flow of the film and you know if you said or it's, it's six six parts and mm -hmm. you're going through this sort of history and introducing this to people um, maybe just talk about how what people can expect as they go through. It's it's a red pill experience, as you say. Um, sure. You start with the history of it. You know, maybe just lay out a bit of that timeline. Yeah, I mean, essentially, um, so six part docu series. Chapter one is called the Beast. It's it's uh, it's actually also available for free if people want to just watch it on Rumble or my BitChute channels. Um, I just put that chapter one so that people can share it that way. And, you know, and then if they want to watch the whole series, they can buy the whole series on Vimeo. So chapter one is sort of the beast system, which is in comp, comp, how do you say, uh, satan there's something satanic behind the scenes. We start to like, you know, state that early on, but we get into it later and we show the Franklin scandal as a good example of right. things that were done including trafficking of children, sexual sex with the children done by politicians and powerful businessmen covered up by the Department of Justice. So, and then also there were, there were kids talking at the time about, you know, being involved in satanic, like sacrificing of infants and things like this as part of this network. So it's essentially a great entree to that world. And uh, obviously, you know, you're involving you know, weird sex, weird sex, ritual murder, trafficking, cover up, all connected to politics and big business. So that's sort of the you know again the gateway into this world. And then from there we go into the MK Ultra mind control programs, um, especially the story of someone like Kathy O'Brien, who oh, she's great. You know, yeah, you know, claims to have been abused even by very powerful people, and it, you know including the people like Gerald Ford. And um, I guess the Clintons are, are involved in her story, but more importantly, she was 
she, she was basically put into like mind control states where she dissociated and could be used for um you know anything basically whether whether it was sex uh, or being you know being sent to a political leader uh sending messages uh trafficking all this kind of stuff so anyway so the idea is to get people into this realm of mind control chapter three is the comp political compromise that goes on and really starting with jeffrey epstein is a great example uh chapter four is the new world order agenda which is global government and the uh, the end goal which would be merging humans with machines to essentially make them more you know compliant um we also talk and about that trans sorry to jump in but that transhumanism thing you would peg that in that materialist camp right which is their way of trying to transcend matter using technology in a way is that kind of how you see it totally because they don't believe in spirit so that's these right. people saying that you can download your consciousness to a computer you know it's like it just it literally just thinks that your consciousness is a bunch of bits you know firing in your brain i mean they just they don't have the neurons firing it's like they don't have any conception of how do you say this uh this etheric realm that we're interacting with that allows us to have consciousness that you know we're not just more evolved brains than than chimps you know that's what their theory is that we're just basically you know monkeys that got you know more of their, whose brains evolved better um i you know i don't i believe that a lot of you know a lot of studies obviously are, sh are showing this that you know consciousness is non-local that you can literally um you know, your brain can basically be like, you could, you could be dead and literally like be traveling outside of your body and seeing things, right? So consciousness is, it comes from a different realm. It comes from what we call spirit. So these transhumanists, you know, I don't know if they don't believe it or if they just, they're just trying to figure out how to, you know, recreate the human and themselves in the process perhaps um, in a way that's, that's very much about controlling the material realm, yes. That's what the fourth industrial revolution talks about. The fourth industrial revolution is exactly yeah. this. Talking about Schwab earlier. The fourth industrial revolution is all about the idea of you know creating smart grids and making everything mechanized, and you know you don't drive your own car, so everything will be managed in a way that's controllable or more easily you know more easily controlled. They'll probably have carbon you know credits will be involved, and you know how much you use. You can only travel so far. You have to have like an electric vehicle. You have to have your digital vaccine passport to access your electric vehicle. And you can only go, you know, seven kilometers from your house or what. I mean, these are the kind of theories that yeah. these guys are playing with. And they're open with it. They're open. Yeah. And maybe, do you think they're at a point? Because they used to use, in my estimation, you know, kind of I read a lot of the old guys like Dr. John Coleman and G. Edward Griffin and Michael Thessarian and these guys, they grew up with them, where they were studying this when it was at that time where you could say, these were very intelligent. Uh, they had this Fabian style technique where they would infiltrate and they would take lots of time and they wouldn't be in a rush and you'd never really detect them like a predator in the wild where the predator moves slow enough that you can't see it getting closer, but fast enough that it's going to get you before you run off. But it's as if with this pandemic, they've put the foot on the gas pedal and they're just like, yep, we're building a new world order. I mean, they use new world order in the Australian news media like every other day now. Yeah, it's the new world order. Welcome. There's a concentration camp down the road from you. Go sign up today. Like they're right in the open with it. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there and I'm, I guess I'm wondering, is that hubris and arrogance or is there a battle going on behind the scenes or is there pressure being put on them? Is, is evil the only show in town, Sean, or is there hope? Is there some help in this fight? Is humanity waking up? What do you think? I don't have personal knowledge that there's hope. Um, I have a, I have a good feeling about what's what's happening. I think that 
there's reasons for the new world order being so, as you say, so rapid, perhaps because the timeline that they're facing is such that Trump delayed things. Um, I think that they would have, you know, they were hoping to transition to Hillary and to really move this thing forward in the 2018, 19 time period and be done by 2020. So the fact that they delayed 2020 perhaps is part of why they're expediting timelines. The reason I mentioned timelines is because there's an inevitability to what's happening in the sense that it'll crumble. It's like the Tower of Babel. I mean, it can't, it can't sustain itself. Total government, total invasive governance of the human will not prevail, but that's, you know, that's only two games in town right now. It's like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's clear. It's, it's total and it's pervasive and it's invasive. And there's a lot of people cheering for that one, <laughs> mostly of liberal variety, enough, yeah. <laughs> but liberals don't have, you know, the reason why liberals aren't going to have a problem right now is they don't have a spiritual grounding for this. Conservatives are, are, are better suited for this time because if, uh, most of the time, at least conservatives have more of a, a religious basis, you know, for their for their morals and ethics. And so when you have a, a religious basis, you actually have some some spiritual standing in this fight. If most a lot of the liberals are out there without any religious basis, they're just kind of like, you know, whatever the government, they're just wanting the big government, they're on the big government side, basically, right? They've been on the big government side, unfortunately, for too long. Which is weird, um, isn't it? I mean, wasn't the idea of the classic liberal, uh, which I can empathize with, there are many of my heroes were classic liberals, right? And they come out and they're like, we're here fighting against the big government and fighting against the big media and fighting against big environmental yeah, but that, groups. That's but a libert that, changed. that became libertarian. You have to remember the new, the right. new left is Fabian socialism or they came right. out of the Fabian socialists. A lot of these guys came out of the socialists. Um, Marcuse that's why, and all that. yeah, Marcuse, exactly. I mean, you have to look at this as the the liberal the so-called and liberals not really the right word you're right liberals supposed to be an open-minded i saw a study the other day it's like liberals in college are less likely to date anyone that's not of their political belief less likely to work than the conservatives are less likely to work for someone who's not of their political belief right like so they're not liberal the yeah they're word, not liberal the word. yeah they're not liberal no no they're definitely not liberal uh maybe democrat i guess you could say in america but yeah they're leftists the, the left as you know got taken over um and I guess it, it always was more inclined towards socialism, but it moved into this weird variety of, of sort of Fabian socialism where it's like, yeah, we just want, you know, we want bigger government, you know, to take care of everything. And now you realize with the, the, the pandemic, why uh, socialist medic, med, social medic, medicine doesn't work when a government controls your access to medicines, like what a disaster. All these people being denied access to ivermectin and stuff like you don't want the government to be involved in this stuff because look what they're doing they're literally killing people i mean this is like the nazi t4 program like euthanasia like let's just let's just get rid of these uh, older people you know yeah just put them on the ventilators we don't we don't want to treat them <laughs> just wait for them to wait for them to die you know or we'll, we'll help them along with the ventilators i mean it's true that's what happens and um by the way the nazis i mean there's a great book called uh, liberal fascism and just talking about oh, how I've, I've got that book. It's yeah. uh, Jonah Goldberg, I think. Or yeah, like exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's like you know, there's a lot of uh, the left that love. You know, not Hitler himself was was sort of of the left. He was just, you know, he was uh, he had, you know national national, national socialism, right? So these guys, yeah, they're they're all about big government. And so, you know, when you meet ultimately fascism and socialism, like they all meet with this idea of. You know, big government and it's like whether or not you're pro worker or not this is all a false marxist dichotomy that they they created which is worker versus um 
versus employer, right? That's that's a false dichotomy. This class war is a false dichotomy. There doesn't need to be a class war, but a lot of people are operating with this assumption that there needs to be a class war. America America thrived as an economy, as a country, because we actually were based in a principle called the American system of economics, which was more of the harmony of interests. It was like Fordism. It was like, no, we want our employees to have good wages. We want to build things here so that we can actually then uh, consume, you know, we, we produce and consume. It's like, that's a more holistic approach to economics. All that goes out the window with this monetarism, with this global monetarist system, right? Which is all about moving currencies globally, trying to basically transact in goods globally because it disempowers any one nation from being able to produce and consume for itself and being independent of the global system. And they don't want independence. They want to, I think they want to bring back feudalism and make it great again. So that's what the build back better thing is. Build yeah. back the old system with a technotronic uh, twist to it and transhumanist twist. Now we got all these fancy toys that we didn't have in the middle ages. Right. So we're going back to feudalism guys. Like that's what I feel like they're saying in Davos. Sean, uh, final point here. What would you say for people that are like, what do I do, Sean? I watched your film. We're watching this great podcast. I'm learning so much about the dark evil of this world. Is there a ray of sunshine for me? I mean, maybe we don't know what's going to happen. Biden's been talking about a dark winter. We see the warnings of these vaccines and people probably going to be having a lot of bad outcomes out of that. Uh, what can I do to stay sane? What's the solution for me? I don't know. What, do you have anything? I know it's a big question. We're all trying to answer it, but what's your, what's your take? My take, my take is to really find your inner strength and, and you know, to connect to what your purpose is here. I mean, there's no better time to stand into your, uh, to step into your power than when faced with such villainy, right? Tyranny, uh, darkness, all these things, what do they do? They make us stronger to be able to, you know, to say, okay, I can be a hero in this, in this journey. There's no heroes without villains, right? And we got these great villains. And what the irony is that, that our own neighbors and friends and family are turning into uh, acolytes for these villains. And that's where it's it freaky. gets dangerous. And that's where you have to really just say, okay, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be alone or with a small group of, of like-minded people uh, with, with strong spirit than, than, a, a than within this Borg system. I love it. Yeah. Take back your own sovereignty. Freedom is an inside job. It's not something the world is ever going to give you. It's a gift you give yourself. And I, I, I get emails and messages all the time. I'm experiencing it myself. Family, friends cutting us off. People I've known for 20 plus years, just like, nope, sorry, you're not drinking the Kool-Aid. You're no friend of mine, which <laughs> that's uh, one of the elements of a cult. Um, but this is yes. why people who are advocating for freedom, truth, and justice uh, have to stand strong. And that's what I hear you saying. And yeah. we're all, we're all in that camp together. So if they do put us in the gulags, at least they'll have all the strong freedom fighters together and we'll break out and hopefully I'm fix it. But I'm seeing a number on my screen at the moment of like, I have 144 messages, 144. Remember oh, that. Interesting number. <laughs> well, Sean, look, man, this was great. I really love talking to you. You've done a really good job. I can't wait to check out the rest of the series. I'm going to recommend it and share it out. Please go check out his work, my friend, seanstone.info. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. Any Anywhere else you want to let people know or any projects you want to quickly drop that are just coming up or that you've done? Yeah, no, people should definitely watch Best Kept Secret, share it. Um, the Paradigm of Money is a new documentary I just produced about uh, how rigged Wall Street is, basically, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, we got a lot of cool insiders, you know, including Ron Paul, uh, Max Kaiser, um, Nomi Prinz, 
David Martin from the pandemic. Oh, great. Um, He's good. Yeah, yeah, some really good interviews in there. So uh, people can check out the paradigm of money online as well. Very good. Very good. Well, Sean, hope it's not the last time. Keep doing this great work. We'll stay thank in you. touch. Thanks to everybody for joining in. Uh, if you threw any donations or anything like that, thank you so much. Please go check out this documentary series and I'll catch you next time here on The Truth Warrior. Cheers, everybody. Thanks. Cheers.